Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Some of you are... uh not going to believe what I'm going to say now. But in the first decade of my life, we can get the sermon slide up, please. In the first decade of my life, I only had an interaction with a black person once. I remember it clearly because he had come to preach at my dad's church. And he was staying at our house. And the reason it sticks out in my mind is he came up to me and he showed me his beautiful dark skin. And then he turned over the palm of his hand and it was almost the color of my palm. And as a young boy, I found that deeply confusing. When I came here to pastor this church in 2002, there was one black person in the church. Everyone else was as white, as white, as white, as white as could be. And then Winnie showed up and her daughters. And then Marine Tor showed up with her family of a zillion kids. And uh, our church began to change. And we're better, 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 better for it. Our world is changing a great deal. And with that change coming into all of our lives is a great deal of diversity, a great deal of uh, different perspectives. Nothing shocking about that. I'm going to take you tonight to the book of Romans. Nothing shocking about that either. And the Roman church was this church that had a bunch of Jewish believers and had a bunch of Gentile believers. It had people who were rich and people who were impoverished. It had people who were masters and people who were slaves. 
It had varying levels of spiritual maturity in it. Some people were strong and mature in Christ, and others were, were weak. And the Apostle Paul presents a challenge to accept one another, to welcome one another, and to love without judging. And I want to suggest to all of us tonight that that's how we're all supposed to live, and that's the kind of church this is supposed to be. Because acceptance always creates room for growth, and rejection stunts growth. And we want to be a place where people can, can grow and grow in their relationships and grow in their faith. So, Romans chapter 13. We're going to be done Romans by Christmas, I promise. Okay, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Do this, knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. The night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And Paul goes on to explain what that looks like. Behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the lusts of the flesh. Now, chapter 14, except the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may, he may eat all things. He is weak, eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you? Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or fails, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another, and another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. The next few weeks, we're going to talk about getting along. And uh, today, I'm going to share with you three starting principles uh, that this portion uh, lifts for us. And the first principle we need to understand is that there are disputable matters. 
there are disputable matters. Uh, New International Version, I love the wording of verse 1 in Romans chapter 14. Accept the one who is weak in faith without quarreling over disputable matters. Do you catch the irony here? <laughs> There's disputable matters, no quarreling allowed. Dispute, no quarreling allowed. There are disputable matters. And a lot of it is rooted in cultural differences. And I use cultural in the broad sense of the word, not a geographical thing, but the reality all of us have different understandings of the way things should be done. The disputable matters are rooted in cultural differences. A large portion of uh, church as we know it is what I would refer to as, an, as a church made in Europe. And so a church in many people's eyes is only a church if it looks a certain way, if it has a steeple and some arches and... Uh, they're hierarchical, hierarchical. They have priests who uh, lead the services. Those priests wear funny clothes. And uh, they sing songs, but they hardly ever sing songs that were written before 1960. And most of them sing songs that were written in the 18th and 19th century. Nothing wrong with that. Did you hear me? Nothing wrong with that. Unless you believe that Paul and Jesus went to that kind of a church and you're on some kind of a, some kind of a campaign to make sure everybody else knows that. And then there's a church made in America that doesn't seem to care if there's a steeple, doesn't even seem to care if the church looks like a church. As a matter of fact, they'll meet in warehouses, they'll meet in storefronts, they'll meet in people's basements. And they don't always even need a priest. They believe in the laity and the ability and right of the laity to open God's Word and teach God's Word. And they kind of wear normal clothes. They don't wear cowboy boots to church. And uh, they certainly sing songs that have been written since 1960. <laughs> and most of them have been written in the last five years. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Unless you're on a campaign to make everybody think that that's the only way you can do church. See, there's more than one way to do almost anything. 
First time I ministered overseas was 2000 or 2001, can't remember. Went to India for three weeks. Left Don at home. And uh, I'm there and I ask our host after about four or five days, can, can I phone my wife? And this is what he did. He went like this. And my heart sunk. I can't phone my wife while I'm here. Took me about a week and a half to find out that in the Indian culture means yes. And I say all of that to say this. Sometimes we have made things in the body of Christ that should be yes into a no, and sometimes our no's are yeses, and we dispute all kinds of things because we have built into our understanding that things have to be done a certain way. And we don't see them as disputable matters. We see them as, we don't see them as opinions. We see them as spiritual truths worth dying for. Would never happen here. But I wasn't allowed to go into the services in India with my shoes on. Nobody would ever enter a holy place wearing shoes. Sounds simple enough, but you go to the back of the church at the end of church when there's 5,000 at church and figure out where your two shoes went among the 10,000 shoes that are piled at the back door. But makes perfect sense to them. Anything else would be a lack of respect for God and, and for his presence. We, uh, my wife and I, escaped to Mexico for a few weeks in the dead of winter. Your turn will come. And we go to a church there that we're very fond of. But one of the teachings in at least that part of Mexico is that you take your offerings in January, and we talk about giving all year, but, but in their culture, in January, you're supposed to take your whole check and give it to the Lord. You give your first fruits to the Lord. You give everything to him in January and trust God to look after it. So they raise a lot of their budget in January. But they also bring other offerings to the Lord. And I was a little taken back that people were coming up not only with their ties, but, and this is a world I know next to nothing about, so my terminology is probably not going to be right, so don't laugh at me. They brought big bottles of whiskey and booze and strong drink and put it at the altar for the pastor. 
And my culture requires me to sign a form every year that says I'm not going to drink strong drink. But there they bring it to the pastor to drink and enjoy and whatever else happens when you drink the stuff. culture I was raised in, you didn't go to dances. You didn't go to school dances. Dancing was holy, and you reserved dancing for the altar when you got in God's presence. There were debates about whether you were allowed to play hockey or baseball or football on Sunday. I've pastored now in four communities. One of those communities did not allow Christmas trees in their church building because you're bringing an idol into the house. Some churches have a large number of people in them who have strong opinions about trick-or-treating. Some think you could take your kids trick-or-treating and others think it's devilish. And some people who think Christmas trees are wrong think it's okay to trick-or-treat, and some people who think it's wrong to trick-or-treat think Christmas trees are okay. People develop their opinions about all of these things. One church we led felt that margarine was wrong in the church. So the only thing that was fitting in a godly meal was the real thing. You don't use fake stuff in the house of God. All kinds of things we can fight about and argue about and dispute about. The first thing we have to realize and accept is the reality that there are disputable matters. And there are things that, because of how we've been brought up or where we've been brought up or who discipled us when we came to Christ, there, there are things that we have opinions about. They're disputable. We need to accept that as reality. And then we also need to accept the truth that the only healthy place for anybody is in a place of acceptance because acceptance creates room for growth and rejection always stunts growth. 
So the second thing we pick up here, and I'm just scratching at the surface tonight. You really will need to come back next week when we'll dig deeper. But somebody tricked us into switching the price tags. Did you hear about the two rascals who broke into the department store in the middle of the night? They didn't steal anything. They just ran around the store changing all the price tags. Came in in the morning, you get a real good fridge for $9.95. But chocolate bars were $499. They just had a great time in the store switching all of the price tags. I think something has happened in the church, too, and it's tricked us. Somebody has switched the price tags. Romans chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters, one person faith allows them to eat anything, another whose faith is weak only eats vegetables. Now here's where the tricky switch happened. The tricky switch, at least when I was growing up, was the really strong Christians are the ones who have a really long list of can'ts. And if you've got a long list of can'ts, you're the strong saint. Can't dance. Can't drink. Can't go to movies. Can't dye your hair, unless I noticed your hair was really gray and you were really old, then they let you put little purple streaks in it for some reason. Can't dye your hair, can't do this, can't do that. Those are the strong Christians, the Christians in the church who lived with this holy terror in their hearts that there just might be somebody out there who's having some fun outside a church. They're the strong ones. Somebody somehow switched the price tags. Are you reading the same portion I'm reading here? Let me take you to verse 5 here and 2 and 5 and, and show you one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak only eats vegetables. One person considers one day more sacred than another person and considers every day alike, those are the 
the weak people, but somebody tricked us. Somebody switched the price tags. Now, some of you are saying pastors lost it. Understand that not everything is a disputable matter. When God's Word is clear, it's not disputable. We don't dispute here whether Jesus died for our sins. We don't dispute here whether Jesus rose triumphant over the grave and defeated the power of sin and the power of death in our lives. That's not disputable. We don't dispute, as we read at the end of Romans chapter 13, areas of sexual promiscuity. We don't dispute that jealousy and anger have no place in the body of Christ. We don't dispute those things. But there are disputable matters. And it's the weak people who haven't discovered that maybe their salvation doesn't depend on keeping a whole bunch of rules. Third thing, and you've got to come back next week because this is just the start of the story. Third thing is Christians do need to be people of strong convictions. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. There's a desperate need in our hearts and in our lives and in our churches for Christians with strong convictions. One of the challenges, one of the challenges is when people become believers. Is we're not real good at teaching them to think for themselves. We say, oh, you cannot be conformed to the world. And man, if there's anything we've been looking at before summer came, it's that truth in Romans chapter 12. Don't be conformed to the world. And we tell them, don't be conformed to the world, but then uh, we say, here's what you should be conformed to. <laughs> and we give them our list. And they've changed codes. And they never, we never develop our own strong Convictions. And notice where our convictions are. Our convictions are not strong feelings. 
We are called, we are required to be thinking people. Those convictions need to be firmly rooted in our mind. We need to think through what we believe. We don't make decisions on the basis of what others have told us. We get into the word. We look at our culture. We look at what's happening around us, and we make decisions for ourselves about what godly living looks for us, and we are strong and we are firm in those convictions. We need to be people. Oh, strong convictions. And I want to suggest tonight, before we pray and before we go eat a hot dog and some corn on the cob, that there are two convictions we especially need to be committed to. And the first one is we need to share a conviction that there are disputable matters. We need to have a conviction about that. Everything isn't really simple. And when you're in India, you might think it's crazy. You might think it's ridiculous, but you honor their culture and you take off your shoes and you pray to God at the end you can find them. There are disputable matters. There are differences of opinions. And when you travel the world, you see it. Great delight, one of the great delights of my life, preaching in Zambia and Zimbabwe. And The pianist doesn't leave for the piano bench during the sermon. We'd find it distracting here, but they can't see over there why in the world you'd do it. And every time I made a good point, the pianist just went nuts. <laughs> and everybody stood up, clapped, and I just had to go a good, good rest, sometimes 10, 15 minutes. You'd get going again, and when they liked the point, oh, the, p the pianist really controlled the service. Is it wrong? <laughs> I would have gained nothing fighting about it. I would have gained nothing by saying, you gotta do it my way, I don't like that. You have to recognize that there are things <laughs> that are done differently that are not wrong in themselves. Now, can I put a footnote at the end of the page on this? Yeah. Thank you. It's easier to live with your spouse if you figure that out. It's easier to live with your roommate if you figure that out. Seeing eye to eye is not the secret to fellowship. So the first thing we have to have some convictions about is there are disputable matters. And the second thing we have to have conviction about is 
we must accept people who have deep convictions that are different from our own. You don't reject people just because they see things differently than you. We accept people who have deep convictions that are different from our own. Because acceptance in life and acceptance in the church creates room for growth and rejection stunts growth. So I was driving, can't remember where, Friday evening. And I was thinking about God and his goodness. And as I was observing things around me, and I noticed coniferous trees and deciduous trees, And I noticed in the deciduous trees there are <laughs> elm trees and there are maple trees, birch trees, there's all kinds of trees. I thought about birds and God didn't just make one kind of bird. <laughs> Could have made just one kind of bird and made it in 28 different sizes, but he made all kinds of birds. I'd made mountains and valleys and prairies. And then look around this room. None of us match. We're all uniquely made. We have different colored skins. We have short people and tall people and people in the middle. We have people who are bigger and people who are smaller. And as I was driving and I was thinking about that, it struck me that Creator God must be real comfortable with diversity. Or otherwise, He would have made everything the same. And if the Creator loves diversity, those of us who are made in His image need to learn to love it too. So let's not make our differences into quarrels and disputes, but let us accept one another. Let us welcome one another. Let us embrace one another. And let us grow from the interaction so we all become strong and we all become mature in Christ. So,
So, you have to come back for more next week. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.